Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Nobody's are somebody's. Hey, it's Chad Vice. Happy Monday to you, or whatever day you happen to listen to this podcast. I appreciate you doing so. Always on demand, anytime on all the major, major, and minor podcast platforms. I appreciate when you do that. And I thank you so much for downloading, streaming, coming to the show your first week, or if you've been here for many weeks, or you're the second weekend. It doesn't matter when you come in, as long as you come in and join me here on the Nobody's or Somebody's podcast each and every week. Brand new episode, whether it be life interviews, uh, rock and talk interviews I do with uh, different musicians and artists. You can catch all those all the time, always on demand on our Mixcloud page, mixcloud.com slash nobody's radio station. When I interview musicians on the Nobody's radio station, you can always catch them on demand after they air anytime you want. So definitely check it out. And I love life stories, and I love all kinds of uh, people coming to the show and talking about their uh, different backgrounds and their different experiences, and it's all about that. That's all-inclusive of the Nobody's or Somebody's podcast. And I like talking about my life, too, and like different things always happen to me, especially when I do my Uber Eats. I love uh, whatever experience I might find out there, especially when I'm driving around late at night. Quick little story for you. You never know what you're going to see when you're pumping gas or what you're going to find when you're even just standing at a gas station because, hey, I heard a car pull up. I wasn't really paying attention to it. All I heard was some booming, pumping music coming from this car. It was around 5 in the morning uh, one day after I finished uh, a nice, wonderful shift of Uber Eats, and I heard this loud uh, pop music uh, you know, blasting from the, uh, from the speakers, and I thought it was just uh, someone out for a morning ride or finishing their life and fin- or finishing their shift or finishing their day. And uh, I heard the song that was playing, I don't know the name of the artist, I know I've heard it many times before, but it's a song where the girl says, I've got a belly and I've got a bum 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 bum. <laughs> uh, did not expect to see what I saw, which was the song coming out of a military police car. Uh, that's right, a cop was blast, and not just like playing it, like blasting, like loud blasting this song. Uh, must have been a big fan, and that's cool, that's cool. I didn't know he could blast uh, uh, popular music outside the police car, military police cars, but I guess this guy did, and I just couldn't you know, help but stare and see who was going to get out of the car. Of course, the gentleman that got out of the car was obviously an officer, and he, uh, when, he, when our eyes locked, he did not look impressed. He looked actually kind of annoyed that I was even looking at him. I don't know. He looked pretty serious. Didn't look like he could you know, uh, want to get involved in a conversation about, uh, hey, I love your tunes, man. I don't think he was down with that. 
So uh, he looked pretty serious. Like I just thought that was fun. That like loud blasting music from a police car was was fun. And I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast. And I don't out him. I doubt he does. He looks like he has no fun except for you know the blasting of the music in his car. That's about the only fun thing. But when he steps out of the car to pump gas, he's all business. And we're all business this week when we talk to Allison Jackson. We're gonna learn all about her fitness competitions, how she got involved in that, uh, what kind of work and background. Uh, training goes into that there's a lot of dedication and discipline that you need to follow to do this and she's done it from a young age and she also talks about how to get into it how she helps other people meet their fitness goals how she's a full-time working mom of two teenagers uh, balancing her life and her schedule and her corporate jobs and all the good stuff about her we're going to learn right now on the nobody's or somebody's podcast with my guest this week allison jackson hailing from the great state of new jersey let's jump into it now Have a safe and happy week, everybody, and I'll catch you next week with another brand new Rock and Talk episode. All right, this week on Nobody's Are Somebody's Podcast, I'm being joined by Allison. I appreciate your time so much. Uh, Thank you for joining me, Allison. How is your day going so far? Hey, thanks for having me. I am having a great day so far, other than it being super hot. Tell me about uh, whereabouts are you located right now? So I am located in uh, northern New Jersey, so we are getting uh, quite the hot spell right now. Yeah, yeah, same with uh, us too as well. You're uh, you're close enough that you're on the East Coast that uh, you get the same weather as we do. So when it's cold here, it's cold there. And when it's uh, warm, it gets really warm there too, unlike when you go further west. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, which means you get a lot of snow and a lot of ice, so I'm sure you're glad. I know it's been uh, up in April and May. It was pretty uh, chilly up there, I think. Yeah, it totally was. But that's the one thing I do like about the Northeast is you do get all four seasons. Yeah. Sometimes a little more of one than you need, or a little bit too, a little bit too intense. <laughs> For sure. Uh, you have a lot to talk about, a lot going on that you do. It's uh, really cool and interesting. So tell me a bit about you, uh, what it is exactly that you're doing, and what uh, your main uh, passion and hobby is right now. Sure. So um, my main passion and hobby has always been um, health and fitness. Um, I've been in corporate communications. It's kind of been my profession for probably about 20 years, but I've always been involved in fitness. I played field hockey in high school and college and um, sort of always battled my weight throughout, you know, my teen years, the college years. Uh, But during that time, too, I always um, tried to work out. I did, you know, I did running. I um, I tried my hand at marathons, and I used to always read my dad's muscle and fitness magazine. So I always dreamed of one day trying to compete in bodybuilding. Um, so lo and behold, in 2012, after getting married, having the kids, doing everything, it just kind of kept you know, eating away at me that I wanted to try it. So I tried my hand at um, doing a figure competition, which is essentially bodybuilding meets beauty pageant. Um, and I got hooked, and I've been competing ever since. I've uh, got my pro card about two years ago, and that launched, right, I always say my business found me. It launched Allison Jackson Fitness, which is, uh, I call it my passion business, and now I help other uh, women try to reach their health and fitness goals, whether that means, you know, just wanting to lose weight, running a 5K, or, um, you know, just becoming a healthier version of themselves. Right, right, for sure. And you mentioned the pro card. Does that, uh, is that just like a... Something that you have that shows you're in prof- like professional. How? What exactly is a pro card for those that don't know? Yeah, 
Yeah, sure. So um, what happens is there's different bodybuilding organizations, uh, and within each one, they have different guidelines in order to become a pro. And typically, it means you need to win either overall the whole show or come in first place for your category. So I have my pro card for um, as, a, as a master's, so over 40 competitor at several organizations. And then I have my pro card in another organization that was open. So I actually um, beat some 20-year-olds uh, as a, you know, mid-40-year-old. mid, mid 40-year-old. So I was really proud of myself. But uh, getting your pro card means you compete with a higher level and you can actually compete on the national level. So um, in October, I'm going to try my hand at competing nationally so when you say nationally usually are these competitions mostly occurring in the state of new jersey and this one's going to be held i guess in another state or uh whereabouts have you competed yeah Yeah, so typically i um i compete in the tri-state area so new jersey pennsylvania new york um and the show that i'm competing in in october is actually in pittsburgh and it's one of the bigger shows so pittsburgh washington dc um las vegas has a huge one uh, so these are where people from all over come and compete. And you've done this for how many years now? Uh, since 2012, so coming up on 10 years. Oh, wow. And, and I've never, well, 2020, for obvious reasons, was the only year I've ever taken off. But I've competed year after year. So I keep saying I want to be that cool grandma that still uh, does <laughs> bodybuilding. <laughs> I have no doubt you will be. I'm reading uh, something that I found interesting on your site that I was reading too is that you were uh, in gymnastic lessons, uh, gymnastic lessons, but uh, there was mostly younger kids there when you were doing the the, the lessons. How did that work out? Yeah. So um, that before before 2012. So I want to say it was probably like 1998, 99. When in order to compete in a figure competition, you had to do a gymnastics routine. That was part of, like, you had to pose in a bikini, but then you also had to do a gymnastics routine in order to compete. Well, I have no gymnastics background, so I was like, well, how hard could it be to learn that? Uh, So here I am in my 20s in a class with, like, 10 and 12-year-old gymnasts uh, trying to figure out how to do a backflip and a backhand spring and splits. Oh, my God. Yeah. um, (laughs) The the gymnastics coach was like, yeah, I don't think this is for you. I don't think this is your calling well how did you did you uh, for your competition did you have to go there and that's the only class that was available or how, how come like how did you how come you were in there so it was the only class that was local to me okay so it was hard to find any kind of gymnastics lessons in the area that i, I was actually in like a, a rural area of new jersey um so it was hard to find a class so that was really the only one that was available so i said well i'll give it a shot yeah, for sure. It was definitely interesting. Maybe you inspired some young girls to kind of take up what you're doing as well, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny. Um, my, I have a daughter who is 14, and I always say to her, I was like, oh, you ever think you'll compete? She's like, oh, I don't know. But it, it is interesting how, you know, the whole health and fitness and nutrition aspect does um, really have an impact on, on kids and, mm-hmm. you know, as a parent, um, them watching what you do, how you eat. And uh, it's been interesting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, talk to me about the competitions themselves. We know that uh, you've been doing them for coming up on almost 10 years. How do you prepare for your competitions? What kind of regime can you share that you, uh, I, I know you can give advice to people when you're teaching them, but for you personally, what works best for you? Yeah, so I always tell people, no matter what your goal is, always enlist a coach. So I've always had a figure competition prep coach and I have a posing coach. Um, and so I'm actually in on prep, as we call it right now. I started back in December, and I typically like to take five to six months because I normally have to lose somewhere between 
15 to 17 pounds, depending on what my off-season was like. Um, so right now, I'm in the throes of it. My first show is 12 weeks out, and I will weight train 45 minutes to an hour, six days a week, um, and I'll do cardio. Uh, right now, I'm at six days a week, anywhere from like 20 minutes of high-intensity interval training up to 45 to 60 minutes of uh, steady-state cardio. Um, but really, it's very um, clean eating, making sure I eat every three hours, taking certain supplements like, you know, BCAAs, which are branched chain amino acids, getting enough protein, water, fiber, sleep. Um, that's one of the things when you compete, it's really like a 24-hour endeavor. Like, you really need to constantly be thinking about when your next meal is, have mm -hmm. you, you know, done the things you need to do, because um, it really does impact how, you know, the package that you bring to stage. Yes, for sure. Definitely. I can understand that. And when you have, like you mentioned, off seasons, do you do you still stick to your diet that you do when you're when you're training for for a show or do you kind of go off it a little bit or do you like how do you um, I guess do you change it up and get more intense about your diet as you uh, go through yeah. versus when you're yeah, off? No, that, that is a great that's a great question. Um, so typically after the shows, we do what's called a reverse diet. So the exact same way that you take off the weight is how you want to add it back on. Uh, you don't want to binge eat and gain 10 pounds in two days. So yeah. we do a reverse diet where we kind of wean back the training, but then gradually add calories each week until you get back to what, you know, your your kind of normal weight should be. Um, and then my off-season diet is typically I eat fairly clean, but I, I'll also indulge. I'll have, like right now, I, I can't have any alcohol. So I'll have the glass of wine, the slice of pizza. I'm definitely not as strict, but I do continue to track my food. Um, I use my fitness pal, which, you know, I always recommend uh, folks do if they want to really under get a better understanding of what they're eating. Uh, but I do track year round just to keep myself in check. Are there certain foods and supplements on the market that you think that that are designed to kind of help out and kind of they promote that, you know, this is for this healthier lifestyle, but they're really kind of not and people do you have anything that maybe you can recommend that people should stay away from if they're listening and they want to get into this what they should maybe avoid that they think has been, uh, I guess, promoted as being healthy, but not really. Yeah, a lot of times people get really obsessed with pre-workout uh, supplements, which are supposed to, you know, kind of give you a pump and help you get a good workout. But um, they can be a little bit like might make your heart race, make you, you know, a little bit jittery. Uh, so I always tell people to use those with caution um, that, you know, you d don't necessarily need that to get a good workout or feel really strong. Um, and then fat burners is another one that people really need to be cautious with. Um, mm -hmm. Really, it's the diet that's going to get you 90% of the results. The supplements are just that, a supplement. But fat burners are not going to get rid of loads of body fat. Um, they're typically used, like, right before, you know, you're, like, two to three weeks out from the stage if you're just trying to get those last little bits of fat off. Um, so I, I hate when people, like, try to rely on that or just start using them randomly. Yeah. Um, that would be my best recommendation. And you mentioned, of course, like having alcohol sometimes or pizza. It's kind of like a cheat, uh, cheat meal or cheat day for you. What uh, is that? What's the worst thing you've probably ate and that you probably shouldn't have had? I guess is what I'm asking. <laughs> yeah. So um, def definitely, when you have the combo of like high fat, high carb, um, those those heavy like sauces, pastas, yeah. those heavy type meals, I just feel like. Sit, sit like a rock with you and then you know that impacts the scale as well because it's going to make you retain water it just makes you not feel um as light and spry as maybe some other meals like a salad mm -hmm. so i i personally have stayed away from pasta i just feel like um 
I look at calories and I'm like, you just don't get the best bang for your buck when you're eating pasta because it's like you get such a little amount for such an overwhelming number of calories. Yeah, but it tastes so good. And, uh, <laughs> and that's the reason why. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I was hoping you might have mentioned uh, a Big Mac in there too, but uh, it's probably good you stay away from that. <laughs> well, it's funny because I'm like, I'm like, I'm not even going to touch the fast food. <laughs> yeah, I was, hoping to, I was hoping to get some of that, but that's okay. I mean, obviously, everyone knows who, I mean, everyone knows, even if you're into that and you eat it, tw- if you eat it three times a day, everyone knows it's bad for you. Whether or not you do it, that's another thing. Yeah, for sure, there's for no... sure. But, uh, you know, I always tell my clients, you know, if there's something that you're craving and you want and you know, have it and be done with it, but just don't go, don't eat like the ship is going down, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, uh, you, of course, you've been in this for a while. Uh, how has the competition uh, changed or evolved or maybe de-evolved uh, since you started from where you're at now? Like, what have you seen as far as other uh, ladies coming up? Is there more competition? Is there more, like, ruthlessness? What kind of uh, things have you seen change throughout the last 10 years? Yeah, so I think two things I've really seen change is um, – so when I first started, you know, reading my dad's muscle fitness magazines, it was literally women's bodybuilding and men's men's bodybuilding. But now there are actually so many different categories of bodybuilding. So you have from from um, leanest to, to softest, it goes women's bodybuilding, physique, figure, and then bikini. So a lot of girls want that bikini look. So you'll find that there's so many women competing in the bikini category where Mm. a lot of times they're muscular enough where they should be in figure or the figure girls should be in physique. So you see a lot of girls almost like trying to be in a category that really probably isn't best suited for them. Um, And then I guess the other thing I would say I see a lot of, which is unfortunate, is um, a lot of the uh, organizations that don't test for steroids. So those are like okay. moving and people are like want more and more to get in there and do whatever it takes to, to compete at that level, which I, I'm completely a natural bodybuilder. We, all the, the competitions I participate in test. Um, so, you know, it's sad, but I, I feel like it's, it's gotten much more prevalent and I guess it's easier to access those things. Yeah, I was going to ask you, I was going to read my next follow-up was, do you see a lot of, I guess, cheating or, I guess, steroid use is, is the exact term for it? Have you seen a lot? Obviously, it's not where you're in the competitions that you're in, which is good, but obviously you've seen it and you've heard about it and, and it's becoming more of a problem. Why do you think that is? Uh, I think, you know, the society we live in today, everybody wants instant gratification, quick fix, you know, social media, everything's right at our fingertips, and I think steroids is the fastest way to get you where you need to go, so... Um, you know, while you still need to put in the work, you still need to hit the gym and your diet needs to be spot on. I think people are just trying to look um, however they can get a leg up, which is unfortunate because it's, you know, ultimately going to impact your health in the long term. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when I first started competing, I didn't know the difference. So the first show I competed in, I was competing against girls that were clearly using. Um, So I was just like, where am I? What is happening? Who are these monsters? It was not a good experience. (laughs) Yeah, no, I guess not. Did it make you ever contemplate trying steroids when you saw that? Um, No, and mainly because... You know, there are some girls that I'm like, oh, my gosh, she looks amazing. Maybe I should try something. But I, I just, I feel so strongly about what you put in your body and how it impact, impacts you and the long-term effects. And is that, that short-term gain really worth the long-term impact it's going to have to you? And plus, uh, you know, again, I'm a role model for my kids. Mm-hmm. So um, I just, yeah, it's just not, not something I, I would ever consider doing. 
Why do you think some of the companies, I re, obviously we know why people themselves would want to do it for the instant, it's easier, it's quicker, instant gratification, but why do you think some uh, organizations or organizers or companies would kind of not check or like what would be the, the value in that? Because isn't there a governing body that kind of checks to make sure the companies are checking for steroid uses? How are they getting away with that, that you know of? Well, it's funny because I personally, I think the organizations that don't test, um, it's all about money, right? You're right. getting the entry fees, you're getting the people to attend. Um, so I think at the end of the day, it all comes down to money. Um, and it's a shame because I, I feel like a lot of the people that maybe do use are just not, you know, they're naturally gifted. I mean, I, I don't think they need the extra um you know, the, the extra edge of the steroids yeah. to, to really, you know, it's not like they're going to be like the next Mr. Olympia or Mrs. Olympia. It's not, you know, Mrs. Schwarzenegger. Yeah, exactly. Uh, going back to, you mentioned, obviously you got your start, you got your inspiration going back to your dad's fitness magazines and such like that. Have you, uh, how does your parents, your dad, how do they feel about what you're doing? Are they supportive? Are they, uh, do they come, can people come to competitions and watch you? How are they uh, been with you since you decided to pick this up as your hobby? Yeah, so my parents are super supportive. Um, they come to all my shows. It's as if I'm, you know, still that little kid who's, uh-huh. you know, field hockey team, field hockey games that used to come to, you know, yeah, when I was cheer in high you on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're very supportive. My husband, my kids are all very supportive and um, try to attend attend the shows when they can. And speaking of family life too, that you have obviously you have a busy family life with kids, a husband, and and uh, regular work days. How do you balance all this with your regular, well, basically being a mom and being a family woman? Yeah, so it's definitely a lot of um, time management and prioritizing. So I typically uh, wake up anywhere between four thirty and five to get my workout in, so that I don't really interrupt or uh, wake up anybody else in the house. And they all know when I'm on prep or off prep because I. I try to also ingrain in my kids too that, I don't, especially my daughter, I don't want them to feel like they're always seeing me dieting and that you know, um, you know that that whole diet culture. So I do mm-hmm. try to to keep it balanced. You know, my family eats the healthy stuff that I eat. Um, obviously, not as strict, and they are allowed to have fast food. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's uh, it's like all goes back to time management and just making sure that you have your non-negotiables. So carving out time for family, carving out time for my business, for training, um, and then just making sure you know you you when when work needs to be a priority, work is a priority. So just managing those expectations. Mm-hmm. Because it seems like it'd be a, a, an, an interesting dynamic with the, with the food uh, in your family because, like you mentioned, you're on, especially when you're going in season, you're, you have this strict regime, you have this strict diet, you're doing this and that, and you mentioned that your, your kids, your husband, aren't doing the same things. Uh, for the most part, they are, but they're also not. Now, how do you, is there ever come time where that's kind of a, conf- a conflict, that they're eating this and they're doing it in front of you? Not intentionally, but does that ever cause an issue or a strain that they're doing their thing and you have to do yours? Do they get on board with you? How does that kind of work in the household day to day? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question because there are times when it does um, it does become an issue. So, like, if there's things that I crave or I love that I'm at a point where I can't have, I won't buy it and I won't keep it in the house. And of course, yeah. the family's like, but why didn't you get those? I, you know I like those. I'm like, yeah, but I can't eat those. Yeah. <laughs> so nobody gets them. Mama can't have them. Nobody so can have, have them. them. Nobody yeah. can have them. Yeah. <laughs> True story. Um, and then other times it's funny because I try to have them help me keep me on track. So they'll be having pizza and I'm like, I just want to have a half a slice. They're like, no, you can't. You can't have any. Yeah. 
don't have or at least go somewhere go in the basement if you have an attic go in the attic go somewhere else go to a neighbor's house eat that you know pizza somewhere else just get it out of here exactly i can imagine that being a strain i mean it's good that, like i said they you have their support and they're behind you and you kind of mentioned that your daughters aren't maybe really into i guess gonna following your path what about your husband though does he does he ever thought about training himself like how like are you would you call yourselves a fit couple or is it uh a- step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus b type of thing if i can ask that yeah, absolutely. So um, I would say we, we we are a fit family. So actually, my husband was um, he was a really a big runner in high school and college, um, and then was a lifeguard. So he was always in shape, running, working out. And of course, you know, you get married, have kids, and that kind of falls off. But over the past few years, um, he's really kind of taken to the gym and getting back into working out. Um, a lot more. So we have a home gym that we kind of expanded since the pandemic. And then I have a 17-year-old son who is also asking me, you know, how do I build muscle? How do I, you know, eat better? Um, and then my daughter, obviously, she's getting into those teen years. So she also works out. So it's interesting. We all work out at our home gym at different times. Um, so I definitely, I definitely think we have a, a fit family. Mm-hmm. As long as they don't feel, I guess, as more specifically for your children or maybe even your daughters, that they don't feel pressured to like follow and, you know, they don't have to do what you're doing or even look how, how you look. It, they have to do what's right for them. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny because I always wondered that, like, oh, I wonder if they're like, you know, that's a weird mom. Like, why yeah. do you do that? Feeling um, pressure or from their friends. Said, yeah. Yeah. But my daughter actually said to me the other day, which I was shocked because, of course, she never usually shares these things. But she's like, you should hear how my friend's moms talk about you. Like, <sighs> you know, how does your mom work out and what is she eating and how does she do that? So which I was kind of touched. I was like, oh, thanks for sharing that with me. But she's like, you know, I'm really proud of you and what you do and, and how you look. So which made me feel good. That's good to hear. And that's very cool. She said that that could go either way, too, with the, the friends, moms. That could be good. They want to either learn from you or be jealous of you. It could go <laughs> either way. Yes. The Housewives yes. of New Jersey. Right. <laughs> the Housewives of Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know it. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned something too back, of course, where we're just coming out of this uh, pandemic thing. I know New York, New Jersey, you guys are finally starting to see the light. The governor's opened things up over there. It's going good. Uh, things are happening. You can get back into competition. But for the last year, it threw our worlds upside down. And you mentioned you weren't able to do the same things, obviously, as you were doing before. So what changed in your... I guess, like, how did, did you keep yourself as fit, like you were going to go to a competition at any moment if things opened up when they promised that throughout 2020? Or did you kind of slide off a bit? What did you do to keep yourself mentally and physically fit during that time? Yeah, so um, that's a great question. And I, you know, kept working out at home. But like everyone else, I kind of, you know, when we were in the throes of it was, was in panic mode as well like what is happening how long is this going to last you know when we were in the middle of it it was like you didn't know if there was an end in sight and if it was how long was it going to be um so i did go off the rails a little bit and maybe did some emotional and stress eating um and here i am trying to you know help other people because at that time my business was getting inundated like people are like help like how do i you know how do i stay on track at home when every meal is at home Mm -hmm. um 
so it was it was definitely a tough time and then I actually um, during the pandemic uh, pursued my yoga teacher training which really helped a lot um, just in terms of having obviously something to occupy my time but also really did a lot of introspective work um, so that was helpful and really kind of helped me overall my business my clients um, but yeah I definitely went through the same thing that everybody else was going through um, and I'm thankful that I have a home gym, which I know mm. a lot of people do not have access to, because um, I was originally going to the gym every day, every morning. Um, so that was that was a change. And I actually now prefer being at home. Like, I don't think, even though the gyms are open and stuff, I don't yeah. think I'll go back. Yeah, the uh, I think the mask mandate just ended not too long ago, maybe the last month or so in, in that area. And I were you going to the gym at the time when they were still open, but you had to wear the mask at the same time, or did you just stay at home during the whole time? No, I, so March of 2020 was when I just, they closed the gym, I stopped going, and then when they, they opened up again, and then had the masks, and I was like, I just can't do it with a mask. I was like, I just... I was like, no, <laughs> I'd rather yeah. be at home. <laughs> yeah, because to me, that doesn't I, Obviously, I know why, they, why they're doing it for obvious reasons, but at the same time, it seems very counteractive, and a lot of people have used this as a reason not to wear a mask, and I won't get into all that, but basically, when you're working out, I mean, just body makeup-wise, I mean, it's, when you're wearing a mask, it restricts your breathing and your flow. That, that It just can't be conductive to you having a proper workout, and it can't be safe. Right, right. No, I totally agree. And I know a lot of people, you know, you're breathing heavy because you are working out. Yeah. And it's like that much more of a struggle uh, with a mask on. So, I, you know, yeah, I totally, I, I give people credit for doing it, but I, I don't know how they do it. Yeah, I can assume those are people that who, uh, like you mentioned, don't have a home gym and wanted to keep their, you know, their their physical and mental fitness. So they went out and did it, and good for them for doing that, and good for the gyms to open up safely when they could do that. At least that's behind behind you guys there, anyway. At least, and hopefully that stays that way, and everyone can get back to somewhat of a normal life and maybe have some lessons learned as well too. Yeah, no, definitely for sure. Talk to me about your business too as well. You mentioned that. I want to know about, uh, do you have branding out there? Do you have instructional videos? Do you have, what kind of, uh, are you on magazines? What exactly do you have that's out there? Sure. So it's um, it's called Allison Jackson Fitness. So I have a website. I do one-on-one coaching. I do group coaching. I have a podcast called Fit to Lead. I published a book. Um, actually, the book launch was right at the height of the start of the pandemic. Uh, which is called uh, Flab to Fab in Eight Weeks, and it really kind of outlines what I take my clients through. Um, and I do, uh, so my group coaching, there is like a whole like online course that they go through um, when they sign up for that. But um, I essentially just help, you know, busy corporate moms like myself, mm-hmm. um, help them figure out like how to how to eat right, how to meal prep, how to, how to get the workouts in, what's most effective, uh, with a focus on, you know, being sustainable and eating healthy, uh, and not like these quick fix diets. That yeah. You see out for though, I would assume that, and this, uh, and maybe you're seeing this too, is that especially coming out of the pandemic, for the most part, people have more of a desire than ever to get in shape and to kind to, uh, you know, to kind of get their bodies back on track or become something different than they were. Do you find? Have you seen an increase in this? Do you have more? I guess people trying to sign up with you. Do you have a boom in business? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, definitely at the height of the pandemic and as we're coming out of it, uh, people are struggling to figure out, you know, how to how to establish healthy routines, how to prioritize their self-care when, you know, all of a sudden work and home become one. Yeah. Um, be able to kind of make the break and, and um, set aside time. And then, you know, what do you do when you're in a one-bedroom apartment and you don't have access to anything? Or if you're with a house full of your family and you can't get the time away. 
Um, so really working through a lot of that, but definitely so many different situations and so many people struggling in different ways. So yeah, I've definitely seen a huge increase in people really trying to prioritize um, their health overall. So would you see your business taking off a little bit more, I guess, as this comes up with people coming to you with different, I guess, uh, situations and different uh, needs or, or lack there of opportunities? Do you see this as becoming something you could do full time and kind of leaving your corporate job behind, so to speak? I think so. I think down the road, I think I'm maybe one or two years off. I have a, I have, um, my son is going to be a senior this year, so we have college to think about, but I yeah. definitely uh, would love to see uh, my career path go in that way because it really that that's definitely my passion and what lights me up is really helping people in that way yeah at least get the kids off to college that can be expensive and then maybe uh, focus on you and yourself and your husband at home <laughs> yeah, keep the corporate exactly. job for now while, while I can do that for you for totally what are some of the things that people might come to you with, uh, I guess, because a lot of it is, is people's, I guess, willing, uh, willingness to change their routine, their diets, and that's not easy. So people might come and take your course, but at the same time, they may not be able to stick to those, uh, I guess, regimes or habits that they're supposed to get into and to kind of change. That's hard. How um, have you had to kind of, I don't want to say drop people, but have you had a, an issue where some people will sign up and then they kind of leave your program because they're not able to stick to it? What kind of percentage rate do you have on that, if you can share that? Yeah, yeah. So it's um, far and few between, which I'm happy to report. Um, maybe one or two people will just completely flat out be like, I'm, I can't do this. Um, but for the most part, people that follow the program and are able to do it really are the ones that see the results. And I think that's um, some of the some of the struggles that people have is tracking your food. They're like, oh, it takes too much time, it takes too much effort. But it's really like what gets measured gets managed. So um, that's an important part of it. But um, for the most part, I would say if I if one or two clients a year are like, yeah, no, this is it for me, um, that's a lot. For the most part, people really, uh, or at least I try to enlist people that are really committed and motivated yeah. and want to do it because that's the one thing I really can't create for them is the motivation. Yeah, that's basically what I was getting to is how serious are people when they sign up uh, for the most part. And it sounds like for the most part they are. Yeah, yeah. I try to, I have an application process where I really try to vet people and understand why why they want the help. Like what are they hoping to get out of it? Yeah, for sure. And that definitely helps because you don't want to waste their time and obviously not waste your time and help other people that may need it. Yeah, yeah, because it's not, it's not rewarding for me at all if, if someone's struggling or they're not into it or they're just, you know... Um, uh, don't feel like they're making progress. Yeah, definitely. Uh, sometimes the differences should be clearer, but maybe for those, maybe even for myself who don't, the difference between bodybuilding and a beauty pageant, what are some of the main things? Because some people want to get in for the beauty pageant and just for the looks and look at my body. Some people are doing an actual physical competitions to to move on in that way. What are the major or, or subtle differences, I guess, between those two um, um, areas or yeah, that's a that's actually a great question um, because it really, you know, with the beauty pageant, you have obviously they do the the evening gown, the bikini, so it is about your body and your presentation, uh, your hair, your makeup, but then they also have usually a, a talent portion, and then you have to answer a question about you know, whatever world peace. Um, yeah. So when you switch over to yeah. say competitions, which <laughs> yeah. is similar in the beauty pageant in that it is about your presentation, it's your hair. You know, your, how you pose, how you present yourself, your bikini color, all that. Uh, but it is more about they're judging you on your muscle definition, your symmetry, 
what do you look like compared to the other girls? Um, whereas the beauty pageant, I feel like they are comparing you, but maybe not as much look-wise. Like they are in terms of a total package, but they're also kind of weighting those other things like your talent and your, your feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the, the bodybuilding competition, it's really about how you present yourself and your muscularity and how that comes across. Um, so I would say those would be the two main differences. But it's funny, if you look at um, other types of competitions like powerlifting, you know, they're not, they don't care what you look like. It's about how much weight yeah. you lift. Yeah, it doesn't uh, matter. Yeah, for sure. Um, when you tell people about, about what you do, what kind of reactions do you get from people who, I guess, are just meeting you or just uh, or friends or family that don't know what you do? What kind of reactions do you get? Um, it's funny, for the most part, positive. And in my corporate um, job, for a long time, I kept it like hidden like it was some deep, dark secret. <laughs> um, and most recently, I've been really public about it and really out you know open and people are totally interested and think it's fascinating and have lots of questions um so i have been more open about it and sharing and uh people are very supportive and cheering they're like we're cheering you on that's so awesome keep you know keep me posted uh so it has been really a kind of a welcome surprise that people are so supportive obviously with the stuff that you see on tv and the different kind kinds of pageants and stuff like that and the sensationalism sensationalism do you ever um do people ever compare you to that or think that's what you're doing specifically no not really and it's funny because i even thought competing that i thought i was going to be catty like that because you're with a bunch of women in bikinis like hair and makeup backstage i thought it was going to be very catty and it's actually they're all very supportive because we've all gone through the journey to get there, right? We've all been dieting. We've all mm-hmm. been working our butts off. Um, so it's it's funny. It's it's. I was pleasantly surprised that it's a really supportive community of, of men and women that are all like, you know, we knew we know what it took to get here, yeah. and we all went through the same thing. That's good to hear, and I'm also kind of surprised to hear that because it seems like because it's such a you know uh, an image conscious uh, business, it seems like there would be a lot of jealousy, a lot of uh, hurt feelings, a lot of backstabbing, a lot of uh, undercutting to get to where you want to get that 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 front stage. So it seems like it's good to hear that that's the opposite of what people might think it might be. Yeah, yeah, it really is, and I'm sure you know I'm sure it varies by shows and and organizations, but the ones that I've been to, uh, you know, because you you end up seeing the same people. Mm-hmm. Um, time and again so it, it is it's a nice group a nice community is this the first time you're doing uh i guess nationally as far as all of america or is there plans also to go like internationally as well for competitions and shows what's uh, where does this go ahead in the future yeah that's a great question because i was thinking about that too like where do i go from <laughs> uh, here what do i do um, so yeah this is definitely my <laughs> this is definitely my first national and i hadn't right. really thought past that i was like should i do international what's that like um so yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll, uh, let's first see how I do in Pittsburgh, and then I'll I'll be able to make a bit, much better uh, a better guess at what's next. Yeah, for sure. Uh, when is this happening in Pittsburgh? So it is October twenty fourth. Okay, and that's something people can go to and attend, or is it uh, is it uh, yeah. only competition, only private only? No, it's, you could go and attend. They might even be live streaming it. It's called the Yorton. It's called the OCB. It's the Organization of Competitive Bodybuilding. Uh, the Yorton OCB um, Natural Bodybuilding Competition. So it's um, one of the bigger ones, one of the more widely known ones. Um, so yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that you could either attend if you're local or um, live stream it. 
that's pretty cool to hear and so i'll get the links off you as well too from your website obviously and for the live stream if people want to check it out when it comes time uh they're free to do that too and share you on and check you out and everyone who's doing the competition like you mentioned everyone's worked so hard and they should go out and if they're into that support that and uh, especially coming out of last year people need all the support they can get yeah for sure if you uh, a couple more things I want to ask before I let you go if you weren't into the bodybuilding if you didn't discover the fitness magazine and you had another passion or hobby what do you think you would be doing on the side or what other passions or hobbies do you have outside of your work and the fitness and the bodybuilding so the other passion in addition I feel like everybody has a passion of traveling so obviously yeah. I love to travel I yeah. wasn't able to do that the pandemic but the other thing that I'm really um, passionate about and interested in is personal finance so I'm kind of obsessed with this. It's called the FIRE movement. It's financial independence, retire early. Um, so I've read a ton of books, ton of blogs, podcasts. That's like my other little kind of uh, obsession. So I, I love reading about personal finance and investing and uh, saving money and, and all that, making your money work for you. Well, if you do decide to uh, do the uh, international competitions, that could uh, that could kill two uh, two birds with one stone. Where you have the travel, and then you also have the uh, competition that you're doing. So you can that could work out go. too. That I could love work, it. Yeah, <laughs> that could work out pretty good too. Um, I know, obviously, you do classes and you do uh, obviously your programs, and people reach out to you. But for someone who just even is not sure about doing this, should I? Shouldn't I? Whether it be man or woman. Um, what is one thing you would say to people, uh, I guess, to kind of put them over the board? Should they start and get into the process or not? What is one thing that someone maybe should be asking themselves before they even attempt to uh, get involved in this business? Uh, so it's in the health and phys- fitness business? Maybe yeah, for competitions, yeah. Because a lot of people are like, oh, I can never do that. I can never you know, get on stage in a bikini. So yeah. I grew up as a 12 or 13-year-old girl who actually swam with a T-shirt on because I didn't want anybody to look at me. So once you work as hard as you have dieting and working out, you will have so much confidence that you'll, you're ready to get up stage, on stage in anything. Uh, but what I recommend to people is really having someone like a coach or a personal trainer, someone evaluate you to see how much weight you would actually need to lose. Um, Because sometimes people are like, oh, I could get on stage. You know, people are stuck on this 12-week thing where they think in 12 weeks they can do it or three months. And Mm -hmm. it's like you really need to probably be like 10, pound, 10, 15 pounds away from your stage weight and give you en- yourself enough time to lose weight in a, in a healthy, sustainable way to get on stage. And, you know, it's really a competition in leanness. So it's about how lean you could get. Um, so I think it's really making sure that you first have the patience and the consistency and second, have a really good, strong mental mindset. Um, this sport causes a lot of eating disorders. Mm. Um, and I could totally see why because you've become so obsessive. Um, about tracking and eating and how little and, and how thin you get and it's hard to go from really really lean to go back to what's considered normal when you feel really heavy and really like quote-unquote fat you're totally not um, so that those would be my two recommendations is really be, having someone evaluate you about kind of where you need to get to but then also just mentally like if you have any issues whatsoever with food or obsessive compulsive you know disorder or anything like that I, w- I would not recommend uh, doing a bodybuilding competition that's something uh, something interesting you brought up too about is when you start I guess do you find a lot of people will I guess start uh, I guess or decide to come from a point where they're a little bit overweight or heavy or do you find people will get into this or more likely to get into it if they start at a base where they're already physically fit and healthy and this is natural progression like where do you think the most the majority of people are coming from as, as a starting point 
I think the majority of people are coming from a good, solid starting point. Like, they've always been athletic. They've always been pretty fit. Um, there's only a handful I've seen where people have lost a ton of weight, and they look great, and they're like, all right, how far can I take this? Um, right. But for the most part, I really think it's the people that, you know, they're track people, they're, at, you know, they're, they're athletes, they're people that kind of have a good base, and they're like, all right, I have a pretty good base of muscle. Let me see what, if I could do this. Um, but once in a while it is, you know, those people that maybe they lost a hundred pounds and they're like, all right, could I, could I get on stage? Um, so yeah, it's a good mix. Or or it's people that, you know, start off uh, overweight and they want to get to that point where they're on stage and they have the confidence, but they don't have the body and then they're working to get to, to doing that. Those, those kind of stories are always inspiring too, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, I appreciate it. This has been very inspiring for me, and I've got to learn a lot about this that I had almost no knowledge about, and hopefully people who are listening uh, will get that as well, too, and can check out what you're doing, and uh, they don't have to do it themselves, but they, maybe they know someone who is, and they can be referred to you, especially if they're in the New Jersey area. But you, I assume, because with the internet, you can help people all over the world if they get in touch with you, correct? Yes, absolutely. So I help people everywhere from California to New Jersey to to other countries. So yeah, I totally can. People can be located anywhere. That's good to hear. So if you're out there and you want to find out more about Allison, definitely check her out and definitely see what she's got going on. But if you're in New Jersey, you can get. Uh, are you, were you ever doing? I guess before the pandemic and after, were you doing one-on-one in-person visits or, or classes as well? I was not doing uh, any one-on-one training, but I was doing a lot, and I still do, um, a lot of public speaking. So okay. I was doing a lot of in-person events. Now I do them virtually. But, um, but yeah, I would love to get back to in-person uh, public speaking. Was that uh, centralized around your state, or is that all over America, the public speaking? Um, generally, it's been local. Okay. Um, re- more recently, obviously, with everything being virtual, I've been able to do more. Uh, but I am looking at kind of traveling more and doing stuff across the country well, that's good to hear and hopefully uh, after hopefully after your competition in october we can speak again and see how that went and uh, for people who were able to check that out but i'd love to hear how that went and uh, get an update yeah i would i would totally love that because I would, i'm interested to see how a national competition compares to these local ones yes for sure and i want to see if you decide at that point do you have the bug to go international take it further or where you stand on that too awesome that would be great i would love to come back for sure. I'm, I'm gearing up and hoping that you win, and I, I can't wait to get the story out. And uh, I appreciate your time, Allison. Uh, well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Hey, this is Chad Vice, and I got something exciting to talk to you guys about here. I'm talking about Browork Hoffman Rockland. It's a new local brewery right here in Rockland, Ontario, Canada, right off the Highway 17. Their products are simple, clean, and consistent. It's quality beer that focuses on classic German beer styles and new world trendy beer varieties. In normal times, they have a tap room. That's right, a tap room with an original German-themed menu, along with a retail beer store for all your beer needs. So be sure to pay them a visit over on Facebook at Brolwerk Hoffman Rockland. You've been listening to the Nobody's Are Somebody's Podcast with me, Chad Vice, sharing real people with real stories. And this podcast has been voted the number one podcast by people that don't vote. <laughs>